welcome to Crossview Radio, a podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, the last two podcasts are important in order to set up today's episode. We're talking about depression today, and I'm not going to get too far into it. But in order to understand some of the context, uh, you really need to listen to the previous two. Essentially, I discussed Aristotle's four causes as it relates to counseling issues, and essentially said that there are various things that can uh, influence us uh, and can cause uh, certain things to happen. So as a brief recap of this, um, we asked the question, why uh, is someone depressed? And to use Aristotle's categories, we might say that the formal cause is because the world and humans are broken because of the fall. We might say that the material cause is I'm tired uh, or I have a hormonal imbalance. We might say that the efficient cause is uh, my dog died. And we might say that the final cause is that my sinful heart uh, reacted in a, in, in a wrong way because I, I didn't get... Uh, exactly what I wanted. And so if you are depressed, I recommend all of the usual and normal suggestions like seeing a doctor and checking off kind of the normal things. That was two episodes ago. Then last week, we talked about a phenomenon called diagnostic inflation or concept creep. These terms represent the modern obsession with categorizing more and more behaviors as mental disorders. And suddenly, it's possible in the world we live in today for everybody to have a mental disorder. Now, with those two episodes in mind, I want to get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty and talk about depression. C.H. Spurgeon famously wrestled with depression throughout his life. He one time said, quote, I was lying on my couch during this last week and my spirits were sunken so low that I could weep by the hour like a child and yet I knew not what I wept for, end quote. Christians, of course, can get depressed too, even well-grounded, theologically astute, committed Christians. And I believe that there is hope uh, through Jesus Christ hope that Christians do not have to remain depressed. Somewhere else, Spurgeon said, I looked at Christ and the dove of peace flew into my heart. I looked at the dove of peace and it flew away. In other words, he did know how to find peace. And I would submit that we uh, know as well. Now, finding a definition of um, depression can be a little bit challenging, particularly since it is changing at such a rapid rate, at least in the modern mind. Depression used to refer to more of the unusual periods of sadness, uh, sadness that really uh, we can't explain. Now, uh, today, anyone who is experiencing normal sadness following a loss can be labeled as depressed. Now, remember Alan Francis, he's the writer of the book Saving Normal. He was the chair for the DSM-4, and in his book uh, Saving Normal, he said this, quote, DSM definitions do not include personal and contextual factors, such as whether the depressive symptoms are an understandable response to a loss, a terrible life situation, psychological conflict, or personality factors, end quote. In other words, what he's saying is that the DSM uh, does not take into consideration uh, 
sadness that can be expected. You lose a spouse, and of course you're going to be sad. And it should take that into consideration. Uh, But instead, someone who experiences a normal loss in life could be labeled as depressed. The early church fathers called depression sloth, and the Puritans called it melancholy. We obviously call it depression today, and we're going to define it using uh, Jim Berg's definition, which is sorrow without hope. Uh, Therefore, what we're going to do is distinguish depression from ordinary sadness and sorrow. We want people to be normal, and consequently, part of being normal means that certain situations actually require you to be sad, and certain situations, of course, require you not to be sad. And we're aiming for the normal human response. If your spouse dies and you are sad, that's actually a good thing. It's evidence of your love for him or her. You're not depressed because you're sad, you don't have a mental disorder, and you don't need pills. But in any situation, whether it's someone you love died or any other situation, you must have sorrow with hope, not without it. And that's where we're going to um, discuss Berg's definition. And, And using this definition, therefore, what we would say is that we would acknowledge that the goal is not to eliminate sorrow but to express it in the right way and in the right time. And so the the biblical uh, data for this would be 1 Thessalonians 4.13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that is, those who've died, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And this is kind of the essence of uh, of our definition. Uh, He's saying that you can and should grieve, but you should not grieve as others do who have no hope. In other words, the kind of grieving, the variety of grief you should experience is the kind of grief that is accompanied by hope. You may grieve and you should grieve, but your grieving should not be of the variety of those who have no hope. Now, in my sermon series I did a few years ago on this topic, I listed some uh, what I called occasions of depression. And uh, I'm just going to say for the sake of this podcast here uh, that these occasions of depression are analogous to Aristotle's material causes and his efficient causes. So you might ask, why are you depressed? Well, because of job instability. Well, that um, is an occasion for depression, but it's not the final cause. It's not the root cause. There is a deeper cause And that's what we want to get to, because ultimately we want to be able to navigate the difficulties of life without being crippled or handicapped by all the curveballs that life throws at us. With that being said, it is entirely permissible for us to identify and to eliminate, if possible, these harassments or these occasions. It's not always possible, but if a certain job situation is, let's say, stressful, it is permissible to get a different job. But not every harassment or every occasion is uh, able to be eliminated. Uh, This is one of the big differences between Christianity and the current spirit of the age. Uh, Consider the adage, uh, prepare the child for the road and not the road for the child. Christianity seeks to prepare the Christian for the road, not the road for the Christian. When you go to a therapist with a problem today, the popular response is to give you something like a pill that doesn't require you to do the tough and necessary work of dealing with your problems. It's a way of skirting around your problems. Medical doctors frequently do the same thing. When you go to the doctor with high blood pressure, 
what the doctor should say to you is that you're fat and lazy and prescribe to you a treadmill and a bicycle. Instead, they don't discuss lifestyle at all, but rather they simply give you a pill. Now, this is profoundly foolish and really a testimony to the insanity of our age. Living a full and satisfied life doesn't come from paving the road, but by learning how to adapt to the road. And the same, of course, is true here. Life presents us a very hard and difficult path, but we need to learn how to navigate it well. We need to learn how to suffer well. Jesus expresses this sentiment when he says in Matthew 5, 10 through 12, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. People will persecute you. And as Christians, we are to build up a certain variety of uh, of resilience so that we can suffer well. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul explains how he had experienced these heavenly visions, and in order to prevent him from becoming arrogant, God sent him a thorn in the flesh. Paul pleaded that God would remove it, and here's how the Lord responded. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, here's the distinction that that I want to make today uh, that I hope will be clear. But, But let's, in order to kind of look at this, let's look at Aristotle's four causes just one more time, okay? We have... Uh, the topic of depression here. What's the formal cause of depression? Well, the world and humans are broken because of the fall. What's the material cause? I'm tired. I have a hormonal imbalance. What's the efficient cause? My dog died. What's the final cause? My sinful heart did not get what it wanted. Okay, now how, how do we fix the formal cause? That is the brokenness in this world. We, we recognize that depression would not exist if it were not for the fall. Adam uh, fell, he sinned, and therefore sin has now come into the world, and we are living in a sin-cursed world. We live in a world where things are broken, they don't work the way that they should. We are labeling this the formal cause of depression. How do you fix that? Well, this comes through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is redeeming the world, okay? And this will come to ultimate fruition at glorification, okay? And so the way to solve depression or that cause of depression is to repent and believe on Jesus Christ, and we will one day um, experience heaven where there will be no more tears, no more crying, no more sadness, no more sorrow, okay? Your brokenness is fixed by Jesus Christ. That's the formal cause. How do we fix the final cause? My, my heart is sinful. It, it's grieving without hope. Um, it's grieving to an extent it shouldn't or whatever it might be. How do we fix this final cause? Well, that is done through sanctification and increasing submission to Jesus Christ and growing in the grace that he offers. Okay, so the formal cause is fixed through repentance and faith in Christ. That is why we always push people um, to uh, look to Christ and to um, and, and we evangelize those who are depressed and in any situation that they're in. We evangelize them so that they might uh, believe in the gospel and come to come to Christ. 
after that is done, that does not mean that all of our problems in this life are immediately gone. There is sanctification that has to take place, increasing submission to Christ, growing in the grace that he offers, all of the normal means of grace that we um, run to as believers. That is what addresses the final cause. Okay, so now the question is, what about these two middle ones, the material cause and the efficient cause, or uh, what I call the occasions? How do we fix those things? Well, the answer to that is sometimes you can fix them, and sometimes you cannot. And so um, let's, let's draw an analogy here and compare the efficient and material causes to paving the road, okay? So, so in, in, in my example here, the efficient cause was, you know, that my dog died, okay? Um, th- th- those kinds of things are going to happen in this sin-cursed world, and sometimes we can prevent things like this, and sometimes we cannot. Sometimes you can pave the road in front of you, and sometimes you've just got to walk on that road, and it's a mess. Um, so that's, that's the material and efficient cause. But if we go back to the final cause again, which I'm saying the cure to this is sanctification, sanctification could be compared to learning how to walk on unpaved roads. You may recall the situation where Jezebel was pursuing Elijah, and Elijah came to the end of himself, and in 1 Kings 19, we read this, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. Okay, during my sermon series on depression, I read this passage and summarized this section by saying, sometimes you simply need a nap and a sandwich. Elijah needed rest and food. Now, that didn't solve his problems. It was fighting the temptation and the depression by paving the road, at least partially. He could think better when he was rested. He could process everything better when he had enough nourishment. Um, so what Elijah was doing, um, and the angel assisting here, is uh, he was removing some of those occasions of his depression, of, of his just uh, despair. And he was paving the road a little bit, not entirely, but a little bit. He got some food, he got some rest. He needed rest and food. Uh, the, the, the same here is true for us. If you you've found yourself perhaps maybe, for example, in a situation where you're arguing with someone and finally you just say, you know what, let's just sleep on this and we're going to think more clearly about this in the morning uh, and we can continue discussing it at that point. Well, what are you doing when you do that? Well, you're paving the road. You're not removing the issues that are at play there. You're you're not um, doing anything like that, but you're simply paving the road and you're making it easier to uh, work through them. Now, that's wonderful, and I am all for paving roads. I'm all for getting the rest that you need and the food that you need and the medical attention that you need and for balancing the hormones and all of that kind of stuff. But you cannot pave every road on planet Earth, and you're not called to either. The world's strategy right now is to pave 
every single road. Someone offends you? Well, remove them from your life. Pave the road. You're sad? Take a pill. Remove it. Pave the road. But that's not realistic, and that's not life. And ultimately, it fails to deal with the root of the problem, or what I think Aristotle might call the final cause. So while you are permitted to pave roads, you do need to also develop the necessary character to walk on the roads that are unpaved. Because if you do not, you're going to set yourself up for failure. But more importantly, you're sinning against the Lord because you're refusing to yield to his sovereignty and his ordering of the world. If you don't learn how to walk on unpaved roads, or in other words, to grow in your sanctification and to get through difficult times, you are going to have a very hard time getting through normal things in this life. And you are going to be depressed, and you are going to be anxious, and you are going to be in despair and discouraged. There is an aspect to this whole depression thing to where part of the issue is that we've gotten a little bit out of shape and a little bit flabby. We don't have the resiliency needed to to get through this life, okay? Now, in order to land the plane today, I want to just briefly stay here um, what I would say is uh, the cause of depression. And by cause, I mean the, the final cause. Again, going back to Jim Berg here, the cause of depression is misplaced hope. Now, I want to unpack this in a future episode, Lord willing, Uh, But I just want to close on this uh, example here today. In December 2020, there was a Gallup poll that reported on the mental health of Americans. The poll was uh, revealed in a post on their website, and the article was titled, Americans' Mental Health Ratings Sink to New Low. And the poll looked at Americans based on various categories— male versus female, what's the difference in how they rate their mental health, Republican versus Democrat, married versus non-married, it it looked at age group, household income, uh, ethnicity, Uh, and there was one category that was very interesting, and that was attending religious services. They had three categories there, weekly or nearly weekly or seldom or never. And so on this Gallup poll, there was a total of 19 categories. They were rated by percentage, and then the percentage change was shown in the last column here. And out of 19 categories, 18 of those categories showed a decrease in mental health. Only one category showed an increase. You know which category showed an increase? It was those who attend religious services every single week. Interestingly enough, those who attend religious services nearly weekly were actually at the bottom of the list in terms of their mental health. So it's kind of like uh, you have to be committed here um, in in order to experience this, this increase. You have to be every single week, week after week committed, at least from this Gallup poll. Those who have a strong commitment to the local church, why why is this important? Because it touches on the cause of depression as being misplaced hope. Who, who, Who is, where's the group of people that have their hope in the right place? Well, I, I think it's pretty compelling uh, by this list here uh, that it's those who are going to church every single week. 
Those who have a strong commitment to the local church are among those who have their hope in the right place. They know where to go to find out. They don't go there because they're perfect. They go there because they know that they're not perfect and they need to find hope. And it's found there. And that is where all of us need to be. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.